Welcome to The 107, a podcast for and from River of Life Church in East Missoula, just up exit 107, a way to get to know your church family, who we are, what we believe, and what God has called us to do. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of The 107. I'm digging the new song. It's sounding pretty good. That was okay. awesome. It's got a little, like, 80s vibe to it. i got to be, be real with you. It's, it's always good. There's nothing wrong with that. Of course, now Seth probably won't like it now that I just said that. Whatever. Um, well, we are, we are glad to be back and doing the podcast again, and I'm, I'm super blessed to have with me today uh, the dynamic duo that we call <laughs> JJ and Angela Johnson. <laughs> Jason and Angela Johnson are with me. Uh, today, as we're going to just talk a little bit about outreach and some other things, but um, uh, thank you guys for joining joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having us. Absolutely. Um, so, I guess we've been walking through an interesting time at church and in life in general with COVID nineteen, and I thought we could start a little bit by talking about what that's looked like. You guys oversee outreach here at River of Life, so um, which is a very busy job. Um, because yes. there's a lot of outreach, and it didn't get less busy during no. COVID-19. So what did you guys find to be the most challenging piece of continuing to reach our community with with a, a global pandemic? Well, obviously, the first thing is all the restrictions that have been put on us with mask and social distancing and trying to navigate that while still serving um, quite a few of the needs increased actually as COVID hit and people were not allowed to work and so we saw food bank numbers increase um, but we have been also blessed in that respect because we have had additional funding come in for those resources to happen yeah. as well. Yeah, and that's been great because we've even seen some grants and stuff that were specifically for like food banks and those yes. kinds of things, correct? Yes. Yep. So um, I know we've got a couple of different grants that came in that will help us to improve our facility anyways, uh, getting new refrigerators and freezers that need to be replaced. Um, and then we've also seen, I think... The hardest part right now that we're dealing with is definitely uh, volunteers, mm -hmm. and it has been something that has, we've always been a very active church, and before COVID hit, most of our outreaches were very stocked with volunteers, Yeah. and now we've seen a decrease in numbers, and not sure why. I think there's a variety of, of issues of why, yeah. but... Uh, I always just like to remind people that even during this time when everyone is so uncertain and nervous and not know what is going on, we get into that headspace of withdrawing. Mm -hmm. And instead, we should be leaning in and coming to serve and, and getting filled back up by serving our community. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think that, because I, I guess I'm looking at it not only from the serving and the volunteer aspect, but even just church in general. I know that there are people who genuinely are in a space where they got to be more careful sure. because of their health issues or whatever. Mm. But I also, it seems like there are also people who have just pulled back because there's, it's a good excuse to pull back. Do you think that's true? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's true. It's, um, you know, Angie touched, touched on this, but as attendance declined, um, as people were staying home, the same was true for 
volunteers in our ministries. And as you mentioned, Jason, we've we've continued our pace and increased it. And so that's been a challenge. But I do think, I mean, because I'm speaking for myself as as I've worked remotely for the last several weeks, um, you can get settled into this sort of lifestyle of, of Pajam- shutting out pa- pajamas, the, <laughs> pajamas <laughs> until 11. I hope my boss isn't listening to this, yeah, but, no, um, um, but until you I can't, send it to him. <laughs> my bad. but I think you can definitely get settled into this, um, different lifestyle that uh, is necessary, but not good. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I keep seeing the last couple of days, these local news articles about it, at least in Missoula County, how, things are starting to stabilize. And, and so I just, I'd been hopeful with that, that, that um, we're going to be seeing a, a change back to, to normal. And I'd, I've decided I don't like the phrase, the new normal, because yeah. I believe this is a season. It's a pandemic, yes, but it's, we've, you know, this country and the world's experienced pandemics before. And I, you know, if there's a message I'd want people to hear, it's that this is a season we're going through that we'll come out of and, and get back to the way things were. And uh, that's certainly true for our ministries. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it, it, I also, as you were saying that, you said something about um, not only have we kept kept moving forward with the ministries we had, but we've even increased in some yes. ministries. So what right. what is that? What, what are we talking about when you talk about increasing in ministries? Well, um, you know, we, we had kicked off the Prodigal Project prior to COVID, and we were just getting going with holding groups and, and uh, licensed therapy for addictions and things like that. And then COVID hit. And so attendance dropped uh, to zero, yeah. as can be expected. And so um, Ashley Corbley, who leads that ministry, um, is uh, never satisfied with the status quo and wanting to make a difference. So she looked at things um, of how we can connect with people in our community that might benefit from the prodigal project uh, down the road. So um, she started under the bridge ministry and saw that need and saw uh, the opportunity to uh, partner with Hope Rescue Mission. And and, um, so uh, she uh, got that going and it's been a great ministry. And I know Katrina and others have been dedicated to that Mm -hmm. since it started. So they've been going down under the bridge and building relationships with people. And of course, our hope in in all our ministries is that they would come to uh, know Jesus. And whether it's through River of Life or other means, we just want people to um, hear that message. And that's been a great way to do that during this time. Yeah. So what does that look like if somebody wanted to help with the prodigal project or what, what? That's not called the prodigal project when they go down on Saturdays, right? Yeah, it's sort of... Uh, the way I describe it, it's it's a ministry of the Prodigal Project because okay. it's all about building relationships with people that might benefit from that program down the road. So if they want to get involved, they go down every Saturday. And I know Ashley would love to have more volunteers, mm-hmm. um, just like the other ministries. They're down to a core group that's there all the time. So it'd be good to have more people and, and maybe rotate, rotate people out. So um you know, we went. I I went when you guys went. That mm-hmm. I think maybe it was the last time that you guys went down. I don't know if that's true or not. But um, it was really, it was really interesting to watch Ashley and Katrina and the other volunteers that are regulars mm-hmm. go down there and just even the relationship. It's not, even though we're handing food out, you could tell that's not the core of what they're doing. 
They're when we talk about handing hope out, they really were handing hope yeah. out because yeah. it was they know their names, they know some of their backstory. They're having conversations with them, yeah. and um, to me, that was that was enlightening because a lot of times people go, "Oh, you're just enabling people to stay under the bridge." And I get that. I understand that because I can see both sides of that argument. But I also understand that they're going to be there right now, mm -hmm. no matter what. Right. And so if we have the opportunity for people to use giving them something that, that they need in order to, to um, bring relationship and hope and opportunity. And I know that having talked to those ladies, there's even people who were very anti-conversation, let alone yeah. being prayed for that now they're praying for them before they leave every time. Yeah, they're you know? asking for prayer now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's for, so yeah. cool. So, like, Angela, tell me a little bit about when, when we went down there that time. And I don't know if you've gone down more than that, but but what, what were your thoughts? Like, what was your expectation, and, and what, what did you feel when you were down there? Well, I tell you, um, I kind of had this envision in my head of going to Skid Row in L.A. Yeah. And... Um, to be brutally honest, Skid Row is not my favorite place yeah. to go. Um, and other people are drawn to that, and I am not. Mm -hmm. And so I was a little bit apprehensive to do it, but I knew that it was, I needed to do it. But it was a calm mm -hmm. through the whole day. And like you said, to watch these ladies and gentlemen that have developed these relationships, and as soon as they walk down there, it's smiles from these people and they're expecting them and they're wanting to, you know, tell them about what's going on in their lives. And I think that that is something that I needed to see to get over what was my fear yeah. of going down there. I will say if anyone is, has that same fear, you don't need to. Yeah. And, and knowing that you're going down there with a group of people that are building relationships and that, their intent is to bring in Jesus into the, that darkness is so calming. Yeah. And so I was filled up so much that day just going down there. Um, I will say this. I know Ashley needs donations, um, especially hygiene donations. So if anybody wants to bring any of those into the church, uh, you know, toothpaste, toothbrushes, soap, shampoos, those kind of things, mm. we do hand out hygiene kits when we're down there as well. So yeah. that's always a huge need. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I know that that particular ministry, there's some other big things that are coming down the pipe that we're, we're looking to do and to um, partner still with um, Hope Rescue Mission. Mm -hmm. and, and Cornerstone Church is always super... Um, helpful with us with all of those things too. So, yeah. um, so I, we're not going to go too deep into that right now, but I just, uh, it's exciting to see how there was a little bit of a pivot that was made with COVID right. and it may have been just the exact tweak that needed to happen so that we could step into an area that we might not have stepped into had it not been for COVID. You know, I don't know. I mean, if, I think eventually we might, we might've gotten there, but I think because of the groups not being able to meet, it all of a sudden changed focus a little bit for us. Yeah. I think the question was, as soon as COVID hit and people couldn't come here, we asked the question, where can we go? And mm -hmm. so definitely opportunities have been taking place that wouldn't have been there before. Yeah, I think that's awesome. So so for you guys, there's obviously multiple outreaches that you oversee, that you've got people that um, lead all of those ministries. You don't, lead it, you don't lead any of them particularly. Obviously, Angela, you used to lead Feed the Need. 
um, and now that's been handed off or is being handed off. And um, so with that, talk a little bit about some of the other ministries and opportunities, because I know we, we try and highlight as many of them as we can on the weekend. But even that, a lot of times it's just we throw it out there that Feed the Need is happening or that Hands of Hope is happening or whatever. But but if I'm listening to this and I haven't been involved in those, can you give me a little bit of information so that I would have more details to be... And, and I guess let me preface it with this. If I was to volunteer at Going Under the Bridge mm-hmm. or any of these things, is it, a, is it a commitment or is it... Can I just come and check them out? Or We always encourage people to come and check them out because... A couple of reasons, I think, until you try it, you don't know if that's what God is calling you to do either. Some people have a, you know, no, this is what I'm definitely called to do, but you may be out there and God speaks to you and either about that ministry or something else he lays on your heart. But it's also, you're not locked into every Saturday going down there if you want to come try it and then sign up for once a once a month or whatever. Um I think, you know, like with Feed the Need, it's a very busy program. It runs five days a week all summer long. And so it goes out throughout the year more than any of our other programs. Yeah. And it needs a lot of volunteers. But we've also seen record numbers of meals that we've been handing out. Yeah. You know, even last year, last month, sorry, in July, we did 1,600 meals in one month. Which is more meals than you did the first year. Yes. Is that correct? Yes, we did And that was with three locations. Yes. You had three locations the first yeah. year. Yeah. And so you did more in one month than you did the whole summer of that correct. first year. That's wow. incredible. Correct. I can't wait to hear the total yeah. of 2020 and those yeah. meals. Um, but it is, it is um, something that we definitely always need. We're almost done with, you know, Feed the Need. Tuesday will be our last day for the summer. Um but that is another one that you can come in and give a couple of hours, you know, once a week, whether that's cooking or you're actually serving on site with the kids. Yeah. Um, so it has varying degrees of what you can be involved with there. Yeah. All of our other ones, um, even, you know, Hands of Hope goes out twice a month on the first and third Saturday of the month. And again, you can either be in the morning helping them pull the orders of you know, household goods and furniture that are needed, helping them load the trucks and be done or go out on the deliveries. Mm-hmm. I would encourage people to do the deliveries. Those are the best. Yeah. You actually get to go into someone's home and bless them and hear their story. And, you know, at the end, almost every home, you know, we pray over the home and the family and yeah. um, and give them information about our other services or our gathering times. It is one of those that... I think is a immediate connection with people mm-hmm. um, because a lot of the situations that we walk into are not necessarily the brightest. Yeah. Um, and it's a great place to, to come in and serve. And again, if you just want to try it out for once or, you know, do it once a month or once every other month. Yeah. Um, there is on that one, you know, a bit of physical yeah. <laughs> on it, but um, we always have small goods that need to be put together and stuff too. Sometimes carrying up a couch to a third floor is not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're to not selling it. it now, Angela. You're not selling it. Well, I always think it's fun when we try to put them in the elevators because it's like a big jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think on the other flip side of that, it is what are you doing for someone else that they couldn't do for themselves? And you're able to step into a space that, you know, a lot of those spaces are mm-hmm. despair. 
Yeah. You know, they, there's not a lot of hope there. Even if they are getting into housing, they're still looking at, I don't even have a bed for my kids. Yeah. And so being able to come in and provide bed and bedding for kids and to see someone, a kid jumping on a bed that you just delivered is yeah. amazing. Well, and I think it's it's interesting too. When I Whenever I've done Hands of Hope, I think it's cool to see how certain people will, they're, they're the task-oriented, I'm going to make sure that we get all this <laughs> furniture up, and, and that's great because you need those. But right. then you also have people who are more relational, Right. And they'll even kind of hang back and talk to the family mm-hmm. and whatever, which is every bit as necessary because we don't want to just be a furniture delivery service. We want right. to be hope dispensers mm-hmm. and that comes with conversation. And so I think, yeah. I guess I'm saying that because I know sometimes people will, p- will pull back from a ministry like that thinking, well, mm-hmm. I am not strong enough or I'm, mm-hmm. I've got back issues or I got whatever, but you could go into it and saying, Hey, I can't lift a lot. But I love to talk, and I'd love yeah, to be the absolutely. one to go and be the one to have conversation with the family or whatever. And even that's necessary. And um, yeah. I love that. I love when whenever we do it and we get to at the end because I've never been on one where they've said no to prayer. Right. And um, it's pretty cool, especially when there's little kids there and they you see them like maybe it's not something that they do normally, so they're kind of looking around and, and <laughs> closing their eyes and seeing what's going on. But. Um, and yeah, what a great what a great outreach and ministry that is, and Alan and yeah. Melinda just do a phenomenal job of taking lead of that. They do, so. yeah, they do. <clears throat> and I know from talking to Alan and Melinda recently, Angie and I had an opportunity to visit with them. And uh, I think what people should know, not just in our church family, but beyond that, that yes, we get up and talk about the things that we're we're doing in our community on the weekend. And I think you had mentioned it before, Jason. I think people hear that and think, oh, good, we got it covered. Yeah. We're, we're good. But really right now what we're seeing in our ministries is there are a core group of people, small core group that's been there all along that are just making it happen because they believe in it and don't want it to see, don't want to see it fail, don't want uh, a need to go unmet. And so they're getting it done, but, but they could all use some help. And yeah. so... Of course, we we don't have membership here at River, so I, we don't know who this podcast is going to reach, but not just our church family, but anybody in Missoula who wants to come and be a part yep. of our ministries, we're always welcoming to them. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have them. Yep. I think yep. people always, if they, when they do pull back and are like, oh, they got that covered, I don't need to be involved in that. Well, you're missing out on what God wants to do in you mm-hmm. right. if you're pulling back from opportunities to serve others. Yep. And I think, you know, we don't necessarily... You know, it's not about, yeah, we got to do A, B, and C to get it all done, which is important to have that. Mm-hmm. But it's what it does inside of our members here or our church family here that yeah. builds up our family. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. So so those are a couple of the ministries. We also obviously have the food bank and the clothing closet. Do you want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about them? So the clothing closet runs every Wednesday from 1 to 3, and that is a day that they... Um, always need people to volunteer. Yeah, they're killing it on Wednesdays. Oh my goodness, mm. they have had record numbers as well mm-hmm. this summer. Um, they had to shut down for a little bit, but now we are picking back up, and numbers are just kind of exploding. Mm. Um, and it's been an interesting season in there. We've had to adjust a few things as far as you know, not having everybody come into the clothing closet at once and yeah. adjust our waiting room so we're social distancing and everything. But the one thing that I love about the clothing closet and Janelle's heart is it's not about the clothes for her. Uh She has built relationships. She will go out of her way. If she knows that someone needs something, she will try and find it to Uh meet that need. 
you know, we had people come in and like, you know, their clothes are falling off them. And she's like, what do you need? And if she doesn't have it, she will try and get it for the next week for them to come in. Um, they've had several, you know, opportunities to pray over people in there. Um, she's great at building relationships. And so when, within the clothing closet, there's a few things you can do. One of them is help people kind of shop and direct them to what different areas we have in there. There's also just sorting the clothes. All the clothes and donations that come in have to be sorted because we don't just throw anything up in there. We pick the cream of the crop of our donations. Mm-hmm. You know, no stains, no rips, none of that. We want to make sure that we're handing out things that people would be proud to wear, that they're not going to, yeah. you know, feel bad about what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen people come in and, you know, take a shower and get a change of clothes, and they're a whole new person yeah. after that. It just it really makes an impact on them. And to know that the, the volunteers we have in there do it with such love and care. Yeah, they're killing it. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. Very cool. They also do the last two Saturdays of the month, too. So if you can't do Wednesdays, the last two Saturdays from 1 to 3, they also um, have the clothing closet open. So Very cool. And our food bank's been open every weekend now during COVID. Yes. Um, and I don't know if that's going to continue or not, but I know that they're... Um, they they kind of went through a little bit of a season where they they were pulling back on how many volunteers they were going to use just because they're bringing food to the parking lot and mm-hmm. trying to keep people from having to come and sit inside. So what what are the needs there and how is that changing and and so the changes we had to make big adjustments with the food bank obviously mm-hmm. um, when COVID hit. So it's more of a drive up style. The people they'll stay in the car. Someone goes out and takes the information. The boxes are put together and brought out to the car. Um, but definitely, I think there's opportunity for multiple volunteers in that respect. If you are not comfortable interacting with the public um, during this time, there's definitely room in the back that, you know, just pulling stock and boxing it up and getting it ready to go out. Yeah. Um, we probably will be adjusting, not doing every Saturday. Uh, Corianne and I are going to be talking about that yeah. and what that looks like. But I think the food bank is one of those where... Um, we need a variety of people, mm-hmm. people that are just those doers that don't mind being in the back pulling stuff. But we also need people that can love on people. Yeah. And that's critically important. I know that there's times that people will come and they're expecting to see someone just for the conversation. They want to be able to talk and, and um, you know, have their story. There's, you know, prayer if they need it on out in the parking lot. So it's a it's a great time to to be able to pour into such an essential need as food. Yeah, that's really cool. So I know that obviously then there's other outreaches that we do that aren't, that aren't ongoing. They're not the ones that happen every week. Mm -hmm. Is there any of those that you want to talk about at all or because there's something else that I want, I want you to talk about, which I didn't give you a heads up about before this. So you're welcome. (laughs) Um, But I just, I don't want to, I also don't want to run past this. If there's other things inside of it that you want to talk about. Well, we just did our back to school giveaway, Mm -hmm. um, which was a little different, obviously again, because we couldn't have everyone in. We couldn't do the full block party with all the bounce houses and, you know, games and all of that stuff. But we did, you know, give away over a hundred and, 30, I think, backpacks and, and pairs of sh- school shoes to kids. So the the families that showed up, you know, we were able to bless them. I keep hitting that. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. 
So the other thing we do have coming up September 12th, we are going to do a street cleanup here in East Missoula that we need volunteers for. And this is a great opportunity for families to be able to serve together because we will just literally be sweeping the streets of East Missoula from one end to the other, um, just doing cleanup and trying to bless our community here with that. Now, are we actually sweeping the streets? Well, we are. I'm going to give you <laughs> a broom. Get out your broom. Wow. Get out, bring your that's broom. A, that's a new feature. To <laughs> No, we will be picking up garbage, oh, though. Okay. Okay. Just sure. But it's a great way to just um, bless our East Missoula community. Yeah. So, so this has been a weird year because normally we do the day of service. Correct. And um, so we postponed it because that was going to happen in May. Yes. And then we postponed it to fall. Mm-hmm. And now we have <laughs> moved it to just cleaning the streets because because of COVID. Right. So tell me about what we're going to do with that now. (laughs) Well, I am super excited about this. We have decided that there is nowhere that we know of that people can come and learn about what outreach for a church looks like. Mm -hmm. So we are going to have the first annual, hopefully, outreach conference in May. Yep. So, well... Sorry, it's April 30th, May 1st. Yes. So in conjunction with that, we're going to be inviting uh, pastors and other church leaders to come here. And we are hopefully going to bring back our good friend, Jonathan Martinez, to be our keynote speaker. And we want to really kind of instill in these pastors and give them a glimpse of what it looks like to do outreach and why we do it and why it's so important for us to reflect Jesus in this way to the community. I think um, Jonathan will do a fabulous job, mm-hmm. and he's um, not only very knowledgeable, he's very entertaining. Yep. <laughs> um, and then, so we'll do that on Friday. We'll have breakout sessions. We'll have d- different learning opportunities. And then Saturday, everyone will be invited to join us for a day of service. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. And I know we already have other pastors in town who have expressed yes. interest in coming alongside and doing with us serving our community, but I think it's going to be cool to open that up to pastors, even from other communities, to be able to come and whether they bring a team with them or they just come by themselves, but are able to participate with us. And um, and I think it's really, really going to change the way that we do the day of service if, if this works the way that we think it's going to work. And um, so I don't know. I haven't talked to Jonathan yet about those dates, but Jonathan. <laughs> no, we have to give him the dates. Yeah, he's better with just like a couple days notice. That's, the way yeah. that's actually <laughs> probably true. <laughs> well, yeah. I think a lot of churches, when they hear the word outreach, it's intimidating. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the the goals of this will be to kind of debunk that myth that yeah. it doesn't have to be intimidating. You can start very small. Yeah. And let it grow. But the other part, I think, is what you do such a good job, Pastor Jason, is letting your people dream and letting them, when God lays a dream on their heart, to guide them and to help them fulfill that. Um, Because that only builds up our church. And it it only builds up our, our church family and their faith as they watch God move through the dream that, that he's placed in them. Yeah. No, that's, it's interesting because we, I had the conversation with Jimmy on here a couple weeks ago and you guys came up because we talked about the boxing club and that was <laughs> what, I mean, that's the prime example of that, like something right. that I never would have thought of and I wasn't even sure if it was a good idea. Um, 
And then, but it was out of that that you guys started coming because you started for your son was looking for a boxing club and you got on and found us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, how, yeah, how we had a need and yeah. it brought us here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how cool is that? That, uh, out of that outreach, now you're leading outreach. Here. <laughs> I don't know if that's cool. It, say it's cool, even if it's not cool. Maybe you're, um, it is cool. It's one of my. You, it's Lord. my favorite story. Yeah. I mean, I love when yeah. people ask yeah. me. So, how did you come to River? I'm like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. So with that, the other the other part that I wanted to just touch on a little bit is for those of you who don't know, um, Angela has has got her degree and she is finishing up a couple of things. Uh, that we've asked for her to do. And then after that, we will be commissioning her as a pastor here at River of Life. And um, so and so, uh, with that, uh, I guess I wanted to just ask you, Angela, how are you feeling about that? How are you? Oh, she's so excited that I'm asking <laughs> that on the podcast. I just got the eye roll, which is great. <laughs> um, I'm excited. I'm also very nervous to be honest. Um, I hold in such high regard the title of pastor that I want to make sure that I am doing it honor and that it ultimately, to have that, it's such a kind of a heavy thing a lot of times, I think. And I think a lot of people the concept of a pastor is like, oh, you just get to work at the church and, you know, and that's, that's your job. And, and it is, it's a heavy responsibility that I, like I said, I want to do it justice and do it right. Yeah. So um, as we've walked through this process um, and I have shared with you this in my um, fears of this, I believe though that for me, it's been a huge faith journey and it's been growing who I am as a person, uh, who I am as a child of God and knowing that he will give me what I need to give yeah. for yeah. this and, and leaning on that. And the fact that we had a conversation yesterday about <laughs> even though I will be a pastor, I still don't have to know everything. Yeah. And that is a huge relief because it has been weighing on me not being able to, you know, answer every theological question that someone might have, but in the fact that we will never know everything that God has for us, yeah. and we will never know as much as He does, yeah. gives me comfort. So Well, and I think it goes back to the, the thing that's super important to me. I think as leaders, it's important to be perpetual students. Yeah. Like, you should always be open to learning and to... Yeah. Because the know-it-alls are the ones that get us in trouble. Sure. Yeah. And so if you think you know it all, I'll guarantee you, first of all, you don't. Yeah. And second of all, you're probably going to end up causing a b- bunch of problems. So um, so I, I'm uh, I'm super excited about what God's doing. How do you feel about that, Jason? Well, I... Or JJ. I just want to make sure everybody knows who I'm yeah, talking thank to. you. <laughs> well, I'm on the podcast. It's JJ. Um, <laughs> That's his radio name. <laughs> <laughs> JJ here. <laughs> um, well, I'm just extremely proud of Angela. I've watched her work very hard over the last two and a half years, yeah. you know, um, working the full-time job and doing school at night and getting it done. And so I'm just very proud and excited for her. And I know that she's just her heart for outreach um, and her call from God is, is all that's needed. And so I'm excited and I'm proud of her. Yeah. And, whoops. yeah. and yeah. he's getting advice from Shannon. Oh yeah. And Ramona. She's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So what is the advice that you're getting? Uh, so Shannon's number one thing was that I'm to be really the most of it. I'm just eye candy of the pastor. Oh, you know, gotcha. so I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm on the arm of, of <laughs> as, as the spouse of a pastor, I'm just on the arm. Nice to look at, I guess. <laughs> I like uh, your shirt. It looks really nice, oh, by the thank way. Thank you. Yeah. Um, no, just, um, I'm, I mean, I'm happy and I've always played a supportive role to Angela. I mean, she's, uh, as a guy that's been in law enforcement for 20 plus years, she's been so supportive of me in that calling and, um, and, uh, you know, the, the nights away and the holidays working and all those things. And so I, I see this as a great opportunity for me in this portion of our, our marriage and our life together to show that kind of support to her. So I'm excited to do that. Well, you guys are you guys are a great team, and we're super blessed that we have you uh, overseeing our outreach. Um, give us one more plug to to uh, we we need volunteers, obviously, and I know we've talked about all the different opportunities. But um, if you could just if you could just give one more shout out to to you know encourage somebody that maybe isn't volunteering anywhere, you know. Well, I would use the words of Alan Newsom. Who leads Hands of Hope? The great Alan, the, Alan Newsom. Yeah, that's the one okay. that I'm speaking of. Okay. Um, I think I, I have a couple of his quotes on my wall. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he has a desk calendar now. Does he? The oh, quote that's of the good. day. That's great. Um, uh, Alan's a guy who's been going to church for a long time, mm-hmm. and part of his testimony now as somebody who who leads a ministry is that he just regrets all those years of attending church and trying to grow his faith and not serving. He he talks about that when he stepped into serving, and it's a commitment, but he did that and how it's elevated and deepened his relationship with, with Jesus. And and so he just, uh, Alan's such a great guy, and he the, the thing that he would tell people is don't wait to get involved. He, he, he'll say he, he just regrets um, being at his age and, and um, waiting so long to step in and be committed to it because it's changed his life. And so that's what I would encourage people with. Um, it might seem like a lot, and yes, it's a time commitment, but it will change your life. It'll change your, your yeah. faith in a very positive way. That's good. I think um, kind of reflecting back on what Jason said, that we never know what God wants to do in us and when he wants to do it or where we will be. I have an instance of being at the Dream Center folding towels in the kitchen that seemed like it went on forever. They just kept bringing garbage bags yeah. full of towels to be folded. And I really was had this bad attitude about it. <laughs> and it was one of those, you know, God smacking me upside the head kind of moments where I felt him so deeply say, you need to change your attitude. And I see this the same as I see Pastor Matthew up in that office raising millions of dollars to make this place work. Mm. I'm looking for your heart. Mm. And I think a lot of times people don't understand that serving is a heart thing, but mm. it's also part of our worship. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite Bible verses, and Seth actually has it in his office, is Mark 10, 45. That says that Jesus didn't come to be served, but mm-hmm. to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Yeah. And if that's what Jesus is, that's what we need to be doing. Yeah, he came and he served everyone. He went into places that no one else wanted to go, and he ran towards the darkness. Mm-hmm. And that's what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it changes us so deeply 
when we give of ourselves and we think, "Ugh, I don't have the time, I'm tired, I'm not going to, um, you know, be able to get done what I need to get done. But I tell you what, when you're out there serving, yeah. God fills you back up. Yeah. And he, yeah. every time that I go out and serve, I come back with more energy and more um, love for what we do here at River. And I also come back more humbled because, you know, when you're pouring into to lives that are, like I said, in the darkness and yeah. you're coming in there and you left it a better place because you brought Jesus into there. Yeah. Then... That nothing gets better than that. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I, um, whenever I serve on a Saturday, I know that worship that evening is going to be that much more yeah. powerful. Yeah. It, it just always is. And I think now's a good time to, to mention, too, for people who are not sure about our view on serving, it's not to earn anything. Yeah. Right. It's, not a, uh, it's not how we get salvation. It's none of that. It's a fruit of our salvation. And so um, just it's, it's just that relationship with Christ and wanting to further his kingdom as a result of what he's done for us. And so I think that's important to know. We're not out trying to score points with the Lord. We're just mm-hmm. yeah. partnering with him to further his kingdom. That's good. Really good. Well, man, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate all the work that you put in. And I know that there's a lot of stuff that you guys do behind the scenes that people don't even know that you do. And, um, even, even the, the last week, I know that, um, Angie's had to step up, and, and um, Tammy's been sick, and so she's been running, feed the need, and making things happen, and, and still doing her job here at the church, and so I know that there's just countless hours that you spend that that nobody recognizes, but he recognizes what you're doing, and I just want to say thank you guys for, for your heart, and, and I, it, God put the right people in the right place um, for such a time as this, so we're excited to see what... what what that's going to look like moving forward. So thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thank you. And if you are interested in volunteering in any of these outreaches, you can get onto the app and uh, sign up and somebody will contact you. Or you can you can just email outreach at rolmt.com as well. Angie, you have something else you want to say? Well, I just want to say that if you're someone in our church family that feels like God has called you to start something, please come have a conversation with yeah. me. I would love to help you walk through what that looks like. Because yep. I know that there's people within our church body that God has laid some dreams on their heart, but it's intimidating. It can yep. be so scary yep. and not know where, where to start with that. So yep. I would love to come alongside them and, and help. That's awesome. That's yeah, so, so good. So good. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate you very, very much. And uh, thank you all for listening to this edition of The 107. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us for the 107. If you have questions for River of Life or about River of Life, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at rolmt.com.